Praise the Lord, Pineview. And welcome to Wednesday Night Bible Study and all of you who are on Facebook Live. Naming this study tonight, I had a difficult time. I thought of this in time conditions because it was the final lesson of my previous end time series. Uh, and this time, not looking at what Satan wants to have in order, what ducks he has to have in order to accomplish his goals, but looking at the conditions of the people in churches and the things we need to watch out for. But then I thought maybe I should name it this because we're going to talk about God's house. The house that was seen by Moses as he looked into heaven, that image that Israel built, uh, the same that David desired to build a home looking at, but he couldn't, his son was the one who ended up building it. The temple that deteriorated over time because of the continual backsliding of the children of Israel and the relationship that all has with the New Testament church. Uh, so uh, I talked to Ro and she called it this, what are you building? And I like that idea even better because at that particular time that she quoted a verse of scripture that was on my heart. So this is the name of our Bible study tonight. What are you building? Let's invite the one and only Jesus Christ, our Holy Spirit, into this service. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you, Lord, that you came and you robed yourself in flesh and died for us to deliver us from sin. Lord, that you are a revealer of secrets, a God that can straighten out the crooked and repair the breach and heal us and heal our backslidings. There is none like you, Lord. I thank you for who you are. Draw us closer to you. Help us to allow your word to influence our hearts and minds, that we would get a hold of this truth and we would love it and sell it not. And we ask it in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody say, Amen. Okay. Exodus, Exodus 25 and 8. And it looks like we're having some difficulty. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you, Jay. If the slide projector was working, the verse of scripture it would have up there right now is Exodus 25 and 8. And that verse says, and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. This was God's desire, a desire that he still has. For God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 and 8. And today you will recognize that God is not after a building of brick and mortar. Or what he started out with, the tent in the wilderness. But Ephesians says this, Ephesians 2 and 21. In whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. So we're New Jerusalem, folks. We're the bride. The thing that the Lord is coming after, his building, his house, his church. 
This is God's purpose, together, not apart. Each part functioning for the whole, the body of Christ. I'm just a little member on it. I need the rest of the body for it to get where it needs to go. The Old Testament prophesied of a New Testament. A new covenant in which God would live in them. In Jeremiah 31, 31, it says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and Judah. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. Ezekiel says it this way, Ezekiel 36, 26 through 28. A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and keep my judgments and do them. And verse 28, the latter part, and ye shall be my people and I will be your God. This was the promise that the New Testament believers looked for, desired, was talking about. The promise that they waited for on the day of Pentecost. The promise that, that Peter said, the promises to you and to your children. This was the promise that they were looking at. Exodus 29, 46. And they shall know that I am the Lord their God. Anytime you see in the King James Version, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that is Y-H-W-H, Yahweh, or Jehovah, however you would transliterate that. The self-existent eternal. And I, I am the Jehovah, the self-existent, your Elohim. The one who is found in Genesis 1 who created the world. Jehovah, their Elohim, that brought them forth out of the land of Egypt. That I may dwell among them. I am the Lord, their God. That's the whole purpose he wanted us to build this, okay? God wants us to know him. Jesus said that knowing who he was is what the church is built on. Matthew 16, 15, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood hath not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto you, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I, upon this revelation that you just got, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And I give you the keys to the kingdom. Simon meant reed shaken in the wind. Became a stone because he saw the rock of ages. Because he perceived him. His name was changed, just like Abram was changed to Abraham, just like uh, Paul was changed to Saul. The Lord wants greater intimacy. It's not enough just to come to church on Sundays. For his word to be planted in our hearts. For his spirit to move upon us. We need more, not less. Hebrews 10 and 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. The world around us is so removed from the word of God 
and constantly pushing their trash, trying to indoctrinate us with doctrines of devils. That is why we need more church, not less. We need more fellowship of the Spirit, more discussion over the Word of God. Satan wants to corrupt God's Word. Remove it from our hearts and our minds. Remove it from society. While God wants a more intimate relationship with us. He wants us to know him. Now David said, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And the Lord responded, Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build me a house for me to dwell in? So David, a man after God's own heart, looks out the window and sees God's tent and says, God, I want to build you a house. I want to build you something better. I want you to have an improved living arrangement, living place. Now, David was a man who failed God. Killing Uriah after he committed adultery with Uriah's wife, Bathsheba. And yet God's promises to him remained. God's mercy and grace was still there for him. Because that's who God is. Merciful, gracious, kind, and loving to anyone who will seek him and repent. Verse 12 of chapter 7. And when the days be and when, when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build an house for my name. And I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. The Lord God told him. You can't build it, but your son can. And he's going to build it from my name. So Solomon comes along. And behold, I purpose to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. Jehovah my Elohim. As the Lord spake unto David my father, saying, Thy son, whom I will set up upon thy throne, in thy room, he shall build an house unto my name. So Solomon, the son of David, was anointed king in place of his father and built the temple after the figure of the tabernacle, but much more elaborate. A house for the name of the Lord. Are we still up? <laughs> a name that is holy and sacred. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 16, Whom say ye that I am? Thou art the Christ. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. And upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Jesus, the son of David, said, I'm going to build my church, the true temple, upon the revelation of my name. A theme that you can find from Genesis to Revelations, God wanting to dwell with us. God wanting a, a, a more intimate relationship. And Jesus, the son of David, is now building his temple right here. When Moses looked into heavenly places, you think he might have been seeing the New Testament? So Solomon's dedicating the temple here in 2 Chronicles 5 and 12. 
Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them of Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them a hundred and twenty priests, sounding with trumpets. The excitement, the thrill, as they worship with thanksgiving for the abundance and the accomplishments and the beauty that had transpired over the last ten years. There were 120 priests, and they were making some noise. Psalms 100, 1 through 4. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, that's Jehovah, he is Elohim. It is he that has made us. And not we ourselves, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. Psalms 22 and 3. But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. There were sacrifices. There was washings. And there was the anointing of oil and blood. Jesus has just ascended into heaven. Acts 1, chapter 14, or verse 14. These all continued in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said the number of names together were about 120. Then there is the last verse of Luke. Jesus has just ascended, and Luke decides that this is the last thing he needs to pen in the Gospel of Luke. Verse 53, and we're continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. They were making some noise. And there was 120. And Peter says, we're a royal priesthood. First Peter 2 and 5. Ye also as lively stones. Stones. Excuse me. Are built up a spiritual house. And holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. We are the stones, we are the house, we are the priesthood, and we are sacrifices. Continuing in Chronicles 5 and 13, it came to pass as the trumpeters and singers were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, and when they lifted up their voice with their trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, his mercy endureth forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. It came to pass. It didn't happen all of them, just immediately. There was some time that took place. They had to get it together. They had to get in unison. One sound, we're as one. They weren't divided because they were all focused on doing it God's way. And you see, that's what's going to bring us together. They were as one to make one sound. Then, the glory of the Lord. Continuing with Acts 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Pentecost, the feast of first fruits, God's first church. One accord, one place, as one, to make one sound to be heard. Wind, in the Greek, the word is panoi, 
which means breath of life. So the glory of the Lord, the breath of life, filled the house. They too were focused on doing it God's way. Back to Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. It happened before. Way back in the, the tent when it was first dedicated in Leviticus 9, 23 and 24. And now here it is happening again. Fire consumes the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord fills the house. Continuing in Acts chapter 2, verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Romans 12 and 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? The real house, the real temple, was filled with God's presence. Jehovah Elohim filled his New Testament house just like he promised in the old. And the first sacrifices were seen to be consumed with fire. Going back to Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my people which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Now, the fire just got through consuming the sacrifice and this is being written and said. Verse 19, but if ye turn away, verse 20, then will I pluck them up Verse 21, this house shall be an astonishment to everyone that passeth by it. Why hath the Lord done thus? And it shall be answered because they forsook the Lord their God of their fathers, which brought them forth out of the land of Egypt and laid hold on other gods and worshiped them and served them. Therefore hath he brought all this evil upon them. Israel was warned by that, that, the, that the northern army was going to come and carry them away in captivity. Babylon, Jeremiah told them over and over again. And Job, in chapter 1, verses 4 through 7, tells us that the palmer worm and the locust and the canker worm and the caterpillar hath eaten up my vine. And verse 6 says, For a nation is come up upon my land, strong and without number. Verse 7, he hath, uh, hath laid my vine waste and barked my fig tree. He hath made it clean bare and cast it away. The branches thereof are made white. So this beautiful tree that was so luscious and full of fruit is now just a bare stick. The bark is gone. Everything's gone. In Acts 20, the Apostle Paul says this, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departing, after I die, shall grievous wolves. That's not a good thing to have amongst sheep. Enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Therefore, watch 
And remember that by the space of three years, three years, I ceased not to warn you night and day with tears. Paul was really concerned about this. Got to feed them. Because there were coming grievous wolves. And even worse, there were going to be people that rise right up out of the congregation that were going to be corrupting people. Paul also said this in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, that day being the coming of our Lord and our gathering together unto him. That day shall not come except there come a falling away first. Going back to Solomon's temple, Joel prophecy, chapter 1, verse 4. That which the palmer worm hath left, hath the locust eaten. That which the locust hath left, hath the canker worm eaten. That which the canker worm hath left, hath the caterpillar eaten. So Joel says, this is the remedy. Verse 14, sanctify ye a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God. Cry unto the Lord. Alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. God's Old Testament people had been calling on other gods, looking somewhere else than to the self-existent one, the eternal, the creator of all things. And as a result, there was loss and corruption. First, it was the golden shields and then vessels. And then on and on and on and on. And then there was kings like Ahab who took the altar and moved it and then put a, a disgusting altar in its place. And then a good king would rise up and he'd try to repair it all, fix it all, straighten it all out, get the people straight. And then the people, they were looking at all these strange people, foreigners, and seeing what, how they dressed, what they did, and they started doing what they did, and dressing how they dressed. And, and on and on they went, bringing corruption, perversion, destruction, damage, and spoil. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my words. For these men are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. Peter is preaching out of Joel to the Jew. This was about the temple. Solomon's temple. 2 Kings 20 and 17. Behold, the days come that all that is in thine house and that which thy fathers have laid up in store unto this day shall be carried into Babylon. Nothing shall be left, saith the Lord. Babylon fulfilled Joel's prophecy. They laid waste to all the temples and carried away all of its belongings. Why? Jeremiah 10 and 25 says this, Pour out thy fury upon the heathen that know thee not, and upon the families that call not on thy name. 
for they have made Jacob's habitation desolate. Psalm 79 and 6. Pour out thy wrath upon the heathen that have not known thee, and upon the kingdoms that have not called upon thy name. Isaiah 43, 22. But thou hast not called upon me, O Jacob, but thou hast been weary of me, O Israel. Isaiah 64 and 7. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. For thou hast hid thy face from us, and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. In Revelation chapter 17, it says this, And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials, and talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show unto thee the judgment of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. I saw a woman sit upon a skull-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet colored and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. So while in the New Testament we have the mother of harlots, the mother of abominations, Babylon in bed with the leaders, getting everybody drunk. So we have a great falling away that's taking place when the state and the church join hands and we get a church state. It's their church. It's not our church. It's not God's church. And then they demand allegiance to it. You don't worship the way we tell you, we'll put you to death. Joel 2, verse 12. Turn ye even to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, Jehovah your Elohim. For he is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and of great kindness and repenteth him of the evil. Verse 15. Blow a trumpet in Zion. Sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. Let the priests, the ministers of the Lord, weep between the porch and the altar. Israel was instructed to repent, to turn from their former pursuits, to turn to God with their whole heart, with fasting, with weeping, with mourning. The priests were told to weep between the porch and the altar. The priests, that is the leadership, the pastors, the teachers, the board members, the elders. It starts with us. Second Timothy 2 and 6, the husbandman that laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. If you are not in the prayer room, if you are not fasting, if you don't sacrifice your time, your life, your finances, and then there's the porch, the entrance to heavenly places, and the altar, the place where the lamb was sacrificed, where he died for someone else, the altar where we sacrifice ourselves, where a holy living sacrifice, where we forfeit our old life 
surrender to him, lose our old man. And then there's between the porch and the altar. There was a piece of God's furniture that belonged there. The molten sea. That the Babylonians would break in pieces and carry to Babylon. This is where the priests washed their, the blood off their hands and their feet. Did you know that Babylon, the mother of harlots, changed water baptism? Look in history. James Hastings' dictionary was written in the very end of the 1800s. He records it. The Catholic Encyclopedia. They record it. Everyone in the New Testament was baptized in Jesus' name. Not the words Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. There's no place where someone was baptized in the words Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. They were all baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. What name is that? Jesus. Jesus is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. James chapter 4, verse 6. But he giveth more grace, whereof he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned into mourning, and your joy into heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. This is an epistle written to the church in general. James instructs the New Testament church in the very same way that Joel instructed Israel. Turn ye to me. Fast. Weep. Mourn. Rend your heart, not your garment. Joel goes on to say in verse 23, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Verse 25, And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten, the cankerworm, the caterpillar, the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. Verse 27. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God. And there is none else. God is telling Israel that Babylon is coming, but be glad, for I will turn and still bless you even You've messed up. I'm, I'm going to bless you in the end. I will bless you yet again. So what they destroy, I will restore. I will restore the years. And you will know me. James again. Chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brother, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he received the early and the latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. So here we are in James again, and he tells the New Testament church the same thing that Joel said, a former and the latter rain. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, 
I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. That rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. So Paul looks back at ancient Israel and tells us that they were all baptized in the water, the spirit, and fire. And did all eat the Passover lamb. Took communion. The same spiritual meat and drink and no. The Passover blood was on their house, but they were still in the land of bondage if they didn't follow the pillar of fire by night and the cloud of smoke by day and cross the Red Sea. Blood on the house ain't enough. You'll still be in the land of bondage. But some fell. They missed it. Many of them. Verse 6. Now these things were our example. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things, as they also lusted. Neither be ye adulterers, as, they, as some of them were, as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of the serpents. Now these things were our examples. Don't desire evil things. Don't worship and dance to idols. Don't be involved in sexual immorality. Don't try the Lord's patience by testing him. Verse 10. Neither murmur ye, as some of them also murmured, and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happened unto them for example, examples, and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Murmur! Moses brought us out here to die. Who does he think he is? Look at the woman he married. We don't need to follow this preacher. Let's get someone else to lead us. Murmur. They are written for our admonition <laughs> upon whom the ends of the world are come. Haggai chapter 2 and 3, speaking of Solomon's house. Really, it was Herod's temple, but constructed to replace Solomon. The prophet says, Who is left among you that saw this house in her first glory? And how do ye see it now? It is not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing. And when Jesus came, they knew not the hour. The Pharisees and Sadducees had made up some things and thrown out other things that were in the word of God. Is it generational? Is the first generation on fire and then over time it just ends up smoke? Is it because they had to sacrifice? They had to walk miles to the church so they'd stay hours and pray? And we got a car and we got a TV and we got internet and 
And we got McDonald's and we could drive up. And we don't know what it is to sacrifice. Haggai goes on to say, And I will shake all nations, and the desire of all nations shall come. And I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. The glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former, saith the Lord of hosts. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. This is in reference to a time when Jesus appears. Truly, when he walked the streets, healing and delivering the glory of the latter house exceeded the former. But what does that mean to us? While we see lost zeal and vehement desire, love waxing cold, division, and people departing from the faith, 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, telling lies with a straight face, having their conscience seared with iron, hot iron. Conscience doesn't bother them. Forbidding to marry. Ah, you don't need to marry. Commanding to abstain from meats. That's wrong to eat meat. We need to quit doing that. That's what the, whatever they're called, <laughs> they're promoting. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous. They love that money. Boasters and proud. Blasphemers, nasty speech. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Like I said, drive up to the McDonald window. I want it hot. And don't look at the fact that we live in America. We have a sealed home. We have food on our table. We have a soft bed to sleep in. And on and on and on and on. Highways to run back and forth with our car. We are richly blessed. Unholy. Not like Jesus. Be holy as I am holy. Unholy. No grace. No forgiveness, no long-suffering, no kindness, no mercy. Without natural affection, boy. If you've got a TV and you turn it on, without natural affections all over the place. All kinds of weird stuff. Truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, no, no, no self-control, fierce, Savage, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, without thought, high-minded, conceited, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Think about that. Lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. I don't want to come to church, it's too hard. I got NCIS or whatever. I want to watch that. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Has truth eroded? Have we lost sensitivity to the Spirit of God? Are we calling on his name less? Are we seeking his face less than what we used to? Has the fire gone out? 
Are we failing to see the necessity of church attendance, of gathering together, of assembling, of being allowed to see one another? We're a written epistle, read of all men. I can't read you unless you're around me. Matthew 5 and 16 says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify God. And glorify the Father which is in heaven. I need to see you. So that I can be edified by the things that God is doing in your life. You need to see me. Let's make sure, let's strengthen, let's build back again those things that have been lost. This place should be filled. Hebrews chapter 5. The first principles of the oracles of God. The principles of the doctrine of Christ. The foundation of repentance from dead works of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, the laying out of hands, the resurrection dead, and of eternal judgment. Babylon, the mother of harlots, corrupted these first principles. The oracles of God, the doctrine of Christ. It is these first principles or as another version describes them, elementary teachings that are called the milk of God's word, the easiest thing to digest. Also, the foundation, the part that the whole structure of Jesus Christ's church is built on. These are the very doctrines that the world quarrels over. The church world. Some say they're not important. The name isn't important. You don't need to speak with tongues. Baptism is just an outward sign of an inward act. Just believe. But what does the scripture tell us? It's the milk of God's word. Should be easy to understand. There are a lot of voices in our world. Do you hear the Lord's? It will, will, will agree with his word. And we should all be able to teach this. This is what will turn the world around. The second Wednesday of each month, we will be adding to this. And I hope you will come and be a part. God bless.